test you, Stephen. He was on the bench for oh. Arsenal. No pressure. Well, no pressure. He actually did Time up. Time up. <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. It's a very good afternoon to you and a very happy St. Stephen's Day. Uh, there is only one man that we could get to host the show this afternoon, as if my course is, of course, I should say, myself, Stephen Doyle. I'm joined in the studio by my producer, Aidan Delaney. Um, Aidan, very nice, chilled out uh, afternoon, I think we were expecting uh, on St. Stephen's Day. But, of course, the Premier League is back. Yes. And it's not going to be a very relaxing, calm afternoon because uh, it's all going off between Brentford and Tottenham Hotspur 2-2 after 73 minutes. We'll go into a bit more detail on that one with you in a moment. Uh, but uh, did you have a nice Christmas day? I did, absolutely. Yeah, it was just a, a nice, quiet one, I suppose, trying to get prepared for the Premier League being back. And as you mentioned, the drama already starting this afternoon. So uh, it's nice to actually just have a day where you don't have to think about football. And then you finally get back into the, the cut and thrust of the, the big... Sp- money spinner I suppose and uh, we're already seeing some drama, drama already today I have to be honest here I've been um, on a break got a, a lot of annual leave to take so I've been on a break since December 1st just getting back into the swing of things and a really nice uh, nice couple of weeks to be able to sit back and enjoy the World Cup uh, undisturbed it was great entertainment and uh, it all just seems like a bit of a dream now because uh, we're back into the Premier League action. The World Cup just seems like a long distant memory now at this stage. Yeah, we were speaking off air there. You were talking about the last game you were at and that was a Manchester United game and Anthony Garnacho scored that winner against Fulham and that just seems like about seven years ago at the minute. Like I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> Garnacho to be entering into his 30s now at this stage but it is just a couple of weeks ago and to try to get yourself back into that mindset and you know to get back into you know Arsenal are still top of the league which is is something that I wasn't expecting to say you know coming after Christmas but uh, at the minute uh, they're in pole position and it's going to be really interesting to see you know with the, obviously you mentioned the World Cup Gabriel Jesus getting injured was kind of the, the big news mm-hmm. to take away from that for Arsenal fans and to see them you know taking on a side you know, we'll hear from uh, David Moyes in a few minutes there, but, uh, you know, West Ham are certainly a side that can cause Arsenal trouble and they have in the past as well. So uh, that's a game I'm really interested to see and just to see if Arsenal can kind of get through the, the cut and thrust, the grind every single week and to just keep themselves there, thereabouts. We've seen Liverpool being this position before, you know, top of Christmas and then throw it away coming towards the end of the season. So Arsenal... They probably have the squad to do it, so I think they're the they're the story at the minute. We know that Manchester City are lurking in the background, and Erling Haaland, we saw him at the in the League Cup game. You know he's ready to pounce as well. So it's going to be interesting to see for me if Arsenal can hold on. Oh, I love that finish in the in the League Cup. Oh. Uh, that goal. It's one of those very unorthodox Erling Haaland finishes. Uh, almost uh, Kung Fu style getting the ball into the back of the net but he's he has that incredible ability something a bit like Zlatan Ibrahimovic where he can kind of just go miss you know Ronaldo does it as well you know he's a, a big huge man and you know all eyes are on him but then he can just disappear in a split second and then just appear at the right moment to put that ball into the back of the net and Joe Gomez probably didn't do a whole lot wrong there but just lost him for that split second and it's a goal so it was a nice little order for a starter before we get into the main course of the Premier League, the EFL Cup, during the week. Uh, but this afternoon we'll be covering um, soccer, as I've mentioned already. We'll also have uh, darts. We're going to have to do a preview of the uh, PDC third round action. And there's a bit of Irish interest there tomorrow afternoon. And uh, we'll also be covering the big, big game between Leinster and Munster tonight. The traditional St. Stephen's Day clash between the Blues and the Reds. I know you've been speaking to the Irish Independent rugby correspondent Rory O'Connor and... Uh, 
It looks like it's going to be a really interesting match tonight because I know Graham Rowntree has spoken as using their European uh, success pre-Christmas as a launch pad mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. And it's going to be a full Toman Park as well, which uh, gives Munster a huge, huge boost as well. Absolutely, and I think it's one of those games, uh, we'll hear from Rory later on in this hour, but he was talking about how it's it's back in its kind of traditional St. Stephen's Day slot after being missing for, for three years there. And, you know, it's it's important in a, in a game like rugby to have that kind of tradition and to have those Interpro games that people are looking forward to and really want to throw themselves into. Um, you know, Leinster, you know, while not being the strongest, we don't have a Johnny Sexton, and it might be, you know, this might be the only chance that he gets to play in Thoman Park again, which, which seems mad when you think about it, but he won't be there tonight and... Uh, to look at Munster, you you look at those European games that they played. I thought a lot of people were being a bit harsh with the Toulouse game. I thought there was, you know, accentuating circumstances there with the fog in Thoman Park and to be within five points of Toulouse for, you know, Munster in their early stage of this development when they're, you know, still trying to get their Graham Rowntree revolution underway. I thought that was pretty decent. And then to get that win against Northampton last, last time out as well, I think that sets Munster up quite well. And as you mentioned, to have the, the Thoman crowd behind them, I think that's going to be a massive boost. We've seen Leinster put 40 points on teams for the last five weeks in a row now. And, you know, if you can get that crowd on side, that will certainly boost up the defence. And and to get somebody like Peter Armani on the ball a little bit more, I think Munster might be able to just reel them in. Obviously, Leinster are, are going to be favourites for a game like this. But, you know, anything can happen, especially when, you know, you have the Christmas head on you. Yeah, definitely. That's so true. Um, just... Uh so I said, we'll, we will speak to Dan Dawson on the darts uh, in the next uh, half an hour or so. And then uh, you'll be speaking to Rory as a preview of that Leinster Munster game uh, before the hour. And we'll also be speaking then to Shane Keegan, who uh, a regular contributor on OTB Saturdays. Um, he'll be on with us this afternoon to uh, talk about all the Premier League talking points uh, and all the games that are going on. We also have our live reporters across the UK. He'll be bringing us up to date and uh, keeping us in touch with all the action over in England and uh, we will have live Premier League commentary back on Off the Ball on New Year's Day myself and Brian Kerr will be doing uh, Tottenham Hotspur against Aston Villa and then Nathan and Keith Tracy will do Nottingham Forest against Chelsea but to go back to Tottenham and that's where you uh, kick off your news round with this afternoon Aidan Delaney what an exciting match it's been in London between themselves and Brentford yeah just coming up to 80 minutes on the clock there and uh, before I had written this script it was Brentford 2 Tottenham uh, nil. But as it stands, 80 minutes on the clock, it's Brentford 2, Tottenham 2. Uh, Harry Kane and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg have gotten the goals for Tottenham. It was the Bees who opened the scoring there after just 15 minutes. Vitaly Janelt uh, opened the scoring there for Thomas Frank's side. And then Ivan Tony had a goal chalked off in the first half. That was just before the break, but he did eventually get his name on the score sheet as well. That was in the second half with a strike after 54 minutes. He started the game, of course, despite being charged by the EFA uh, with 260 two alleged betting breaches uh, to like, take a look at the Spurs team as well boss Antonio Conte selected most of his World Cup stars Harry Kane as I mentioned scoring today he started the game as did even Perisic uh, Eric Dyer Heung-Min's son they all started Captain Hugo Lloris did not start today he suffered World Cup heartbreak of course with France and he was replaced by Fraser Forster who's been beaten twice so far today Matt Doherty in there as well yeah absolutely and great to see him get a bit of a chance uh, I know it was probably hard to keep an eye on all 
the uh, the Premier League goings on during the World Cup but I was keeping an eye on some of the, the social media feeds and I know Tottenham were playing a game I can't remember who it was against but uh, Matt Doherty scored twice and one of them was a really nice header I remember and it was certainly great to see him you know he looks like he's in a bit more form um, you know it, it's kind of hard to tell with an Antonio Conte side he, he demands so much of his full backs that you know he's going to run a couple of them into the ground already so he is going to get some chances and he's getting his chance today and as it as it looks at the minute they might have rescued the point too a 4-0 win against Motherwell that was right, uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago at the start of December uh, we're also joined in studio by our OTB sports newsman David Wilson I know you're a big uh, football man as well David uh, what have you made of Matt Doherty so far this season yeah, he's been in and out of the team um, mostly. Uh, he's kind of a bit of a bit of a run in the last few weeks before the World Cup. Um, he, I thought, during the, the the last couple of friendlies before they play, they came back to the Premier League, he scored a couple of goals. He scored against Nice. Um, he, I seen he done a he he done an interview with Sky Sports along with uh, Eric Dyer, and um, he spoke about pre season and and that. Antonio Conte is notorious for tough pre-seasons and they've done a second pre-season within five months that he wasn't exactly happy about but he says he's never been f- he's never been fitter and um, from an Ireland point of view we need him playing, we need him scoring especially coming into the into the early part of next year when we have France coming to, to Lansdowne Road. Yeah, I think the combination with Kulisewski is vital to him as well playing well as an attacking uh, right wing back and uh, it's good to see the two of them starting again for the Tottenham team there it's 82 minutes on the clock now Brentford 2 Tottenham 2 it's a game that Tottenham really need to get at least a point but preferably three because there's a couple of teams around them now that will have two games in hand uh, Arsenal of course top of the table Manchester City they've both only played 14 matches Tottenham will be on 16 after today's game and the two teams behind them Manchester United and Liverpool both on 14 matches as well uh, United on 26 points Tottenham as it stands on 30 points so even if they're Champions League uh, quality Qualification could be in jeopardy if they lost today. Um, and Liverpool on 22 points after 14 matches. And if they could win that uh, one of those games in hand over Tottenham, that would take them just five points behind the London side. And it is Liverpool we speak about next, Aidan. Yeah, they're away to Aston Villa in the half-five game this evening. Liverpool currently seven points off the Champions League spots, as you mentioned. But Boss Jurgen Klopp is uncertain about what the impact, uh, what impact the World Cup break will have on the rest of the season for his players and for the rest of the league. Could, but we don't know yet. I don't, I don't know. Can I say it? It would be just guessing. I have no idea. We will see that. Um, we hope that it has some positive effect, especially even when our our last spell before before the break was was absolutely okay. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I don't think about these kind of things. But I think we have, we won eight out of ten games. If if I'm right, I read it somewhere. So that that was good. Um, if we would have done that in the ten games before, we would be in a different situation. Um, and so. No, it's a lot to come, and um, we, we we don't think about the break anymore, really. So it's now for us. It's now the start um, for for something new, building on the things we we did so far, uh, knowing we can do better, expecting from ourselves we do better, um, find a way to win a football game, and start with that. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp there speaking ahead of their game against Aston Villa, which kicks off at five thirty. Jurgen Klopp's been speaking this week uh, in very complimentary terms uh, about Jude Bellingham, of course, who uh, made a huge impact for England at the World Cup. Uh, he was really fantastic and a player who I watch a fair bit of German football myself as well. And he's been dazzling for Borussia Dortmund for the last couple of seasons. It'll be interesting to get Shane Keegan's take later on on how he thinks Jude Bellingham could fit into the Liverpool team. But uh, David, uh, like... He's definitely a player that would improve the Liverpool midfield. You'd think it could be just the right time to get a player like him in. 
But the big question is, the owners who we think are interested in selling the club, are they going to spend big money on a player like that? Well, the World Cup would have definitely had an impact on Jude Bellingham. He's, he's at least a £100 million player now. Whether Liverpool owners are, or their prospective new owners, if, if they do decide to sell the club, will spend that money straight away on, on, a, on a player like that. It's, it kind of remains to be seen. Um, he's been an excellent player in, in Germany and in European and Champions League as well. I watched him against Eintracht Frankfurt just before the World Cup and he, he scored a great goal in that game. And uh, he was obviously excellent in the World Cup for England. But then, interestingly, like John Giles was on this show and he was speaking about Jude Bellingham and, and, and perhaps that he doesn't actually pick up the right positions as a holding midfield player. Perhaps that he gets maybe too far ahead of the ball. Um, and maybe he, he maybe needs to dictate the game more like a Luka Modric style. But I think for Liverpool, for an age profile, he's 19. He'd be an ideal signing, I think, for Liverpool. And they, they need to re-energise that midfield, especially after the likes of... Um, uh, uh, Naby Keita hasn't really done it, but... Uh, G- G- sorry, Jorginho Wijnaldum, who's left. I don't think he's ever really been replaced. Um, and I think Liverpool could do with maybe a big-name signing in the summer uh, next year. Interesting always hearing John Giles talk about midfielders. I remember over 10 years ago, maybe even more, uh, he was talking about Cesc Fabregas when he was playing at Arsenal. He was analysing his performance and just talking about how Fabregas was always five yards, ten yards behind the ball. Wherever the ball was on the pitch, he was always five, ten yards behind it. So he could always see the game. He could always see the ball. He knew exactly where to be. So it is interesting to hear him talk about that. You can always catch John Giles' uh, spots on off the ball uh, through our podcast. You can check them out on the uh, OTB Sports app and also on the uh, Go Loud app uh, where you can, or wherever you get all your podcasts. Um, There are a number of games kicking off at three o'clock. We'll have reporters at those matches, Aidan. Yeah, so four other games kicking off at three o'clock in the traditional slot there. Crystal Palace hosting Fulham at Selhurst Park. We have Everson taking on Wolves at Goodison Park. Newcastle will travel to Leicester and it's Southampton versus Brighton and Hove Albion in a battle of the South Coast teams at St Mary's. All those uh, just underway at three o'clock. Elsewhere, Arsenal host West Ham United in the late one. That's at eight o'clock this evening. And the Hammers manager, David Moyes, was speaking to the media this week ahead of their game and says that they see still see themselves as a team that's fighting for European places I think we've got a really good team I don't think we've shown it as well as we should do at the moment I think we have to we have to play better but you know, there's obviously lots of clear signs we have to score more goals and we probably have to create more as well so they're the things that are standing out for us so hopefully we can do that I've got a lot of belief in the boys we've brought in I think we've got a strong squad uh, we've got a European competition to come in March which we're sort of in we're, we're head as well we're, we're getting towards and preparing but really the big the big thing at the moment is to get a good good run in the Premier League and hopefully another good run in the FA Cup if we can That was David Moyes there speaking to the media ahead of that game with league leaders Arsenal and could uh, they could end Stephen's day eight points clear at the summit with a victory with of course Manchester City not playing today uh, Let's take a look at some of the starting 11s that are coming in for the three o'clock games uh, It was David pointed out to me there that we have our own Joe Hodge starting for Wolves today in that game as they take on uh, the uh, Everson isn't it later on there and we also have Nathan Collins who's going to start in the uh, centre back role there as well so two Irishmen uh, on the pitch there for Wolves and of course we will have uh, our own uh, we we do have of course uh, 
Um, I can't but I remember what I was going to say there, but let's keep moving on there and we'll go into the rugby action, which of course you've mentioned already, Steve-O. Uh, Park, the venue, as Munster and Leinster go head-to-head later in the final Interpro derby of the URC regular season. The Blues start the match at four points clear at the summit with Munster third from bottom. But Munster attack coach Mike Prendergast was speaking to the media before this mouse and clash. He says there'll be a real litmus test for the home side in this one. Um, I suppose that's a beauty at the moment. There is we are starting to build a bit of depth. Guys that have, have stepped up have have um, have come through well, and obviously um, it's something we, we speak about on a regular basis. And in terms of of this week, we feel there's a bit of momentum going. So um, we haven't finalised the team, but I'm not sure if we're going to come too far away of what we've seen probably over the last few weeks. Um, it's an important period for us as well because obviously we've we've big games coming up. We've two more. Um, we're back into the ORC now. We've two more after that, after this game, I should say, and then you're back into Europe. So managing the squad and the players and the loading, etc., is hugely important. But we don't want to take away from from a bit of momentum that's going forward as well. So I suppose, look, that's that's a skill in itself as a staff trying to get that balance right. A huge game, testing yourself against the best, you know, and they've they've showed that over the last couple of years, and I think so even more so this year. Um, you know, they've probably added even a small bit more to the game in terms of. Obviously, their attack shape, etc. But in terms of their their mall, um, and it's something that you know that we've got to be well prepared for. But in terms of the occasion and everything, having crowds back, twenty six thousand people in Tomlin Park, um, yeah, we're really looking forward. To it. And we spoke that up all week. You know, we're focusing on on one first of all ourselves, get our performance right, and obviously what, as I said earlier on, what Leinster will bring. Um, they've they've so much threats. In, in different aspects of their game and in individuals um, but in terms of I suppose what's gone on before we haven't we did allude to the game in, in Dublin not so long ago um, and I suppose in terms of how much we have progressed but I'm sure Leinster as well from their point of view they've progressed as well because it was e- earlier in the season so uh, going back to previous uh, fixtures and stuff we haven't looked into it too much just I suppose looking forward and looking forward to the, to the huge challenge it will be on Monday that was Mike Prendergast there, the Munster attack coach, is speaking to the media, of course, at that game, the Interbro Derby, with Leinster kicking off at 7.35 this evening. At 2.15, so there is a game that's already underway. There are two all-Welsh affairs in the URC. The first is Cardiff visiting the Dragons. That's the opening match of the afternoon, and they're into the opening five minutes, and it's scoreless so far, so it's Dragons nil, Cardiff rugby nil. The second game will see Scarlets try to climb further away from the foot of the table. They head to Ospreys, who start the day just one place above them in that table. That's a 5.15 kickoff for that one. In some racing news then, the Grade 1 highlight of Day 1 of the Leopardstown Festival is the brand new racing post app Novice Chase. It features a rematch between the Gordon Elliott-trained Fieldor and Willie Mullins's St. Roy. The first of the seven race card went to post at midday. That was the All About Sunday Maiden Hurdle, which was won by the joint second favours, High Definition, for JJ Slevin and Joseph O'Brien, the cousins. That was followed up by the first win of the day for Willie in the Thornton Recycling Maiden Hurdle at 2.35. Paul Townend was on the Evans favourite Dark Raven there. William Paul also successful in the following race at 10 past one, the Nice Frank Juvenile Hurdle, that time with Lossie Mouth. That was a 1-2 for Willie as well. Danny Mullins coming home on on the second-placed Gala Marceau. Then the latest, the careers at Dornan Group Novice Handicap Hurdle. That was a big winner 
or in the last few minutes it was Tully Paul Annie a 33 to 1 winner for Peter Flood at the uh, quarter to two race in Leopardstown it's also racing in Limerick this afternoon the grade one feature is the Faheen Novice Chase a 2.40 clock start for that one Gordon Elliott's Jerry Cullum is leading the betting there so far Wexford jockey and rising star Jordan Gainford will be on board him Gainford already with one win today. He was on board Elliot's Mount Ludus, which was the favourite of the opening race at Limerick today, the CJ Sheeran three-year-old maiden hurdle. The other winners in the Treaty County today include Foxy Girl for the team of Henry de Bromhead and Mikey O'Connor. That was in the Science Plus maiden hurdle. And the other result we have to bring you is from the O'Kelly Brothers demolition hurdle. That was the half-one race in Limerick, won by Martin Brassel's uh, horse there at a price of 5-1. to one. At Kempton then, Brave Man's Game heads nine horses set to challenge the King George the 6th chase that one goes to post at half past 2 this afternoon and just one final one from me in the golf Cathy Withworth who has won more golf titles than any other player in history she has unfortunately died at the age of 83 her 88 victories is the most on a single professional tour better than players like Tiger Woods uh, can boast and no cause of death has been given only that she left the world that she she lived her life loving, laughing and creating memories with her family on Christmas Eve Thank you, Aidan. Thank you, David. Uh, they're into the third minute of added time. Five minutes to be added on between Brentford and Tottenham. It's still 2-2. Tottenham putting all the pressure on their fellow London side. And it's still Dragons nil, Cardiff nil in the United Rugby Championship. Test just even. He was on the bench for Arsenal. Oh. No pressure. Well, Kenny, no pressure. He actually did the game. Time up. Time up. <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.